Hello all, and welcome to the All for the Gluten-Free Good podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hopper, sharing with you how I'm finding peace and joy in this gluten-free journey. Episode 4, A Safe Communion. What is cross-contamination? Hello all, welcome back to the podcast. This week, I want to share with you guys one of the biggest struggles I had when going gluten-free. I really struggled with communion. For those of you who may not know, communion is a Christian practice where one eats a small piece of bread and drinks a small cup of juice in remembrance of Jesus' death and sacrifice on the cross. The small piece of bread represents his body, and the small cup of juice represents his blood. And this is also a reflection of the Last Supper. So communion is a very important part of my faith. And when all else fails, I know that I can anticipate that moment of reverence every Sunday with just myself and God. Unfortunately, many communion breads and crisps contain gluten. And even if they don't contain gluten, they probably still aren't safe to eat due to cross-contamination. We've talked a bit about what cross-contamination is, um, but I wanted to take some time today to expand on that. If you are still unsure or new to being gluten-free or if you're a family member of somebody who has had to go gluten-free. So cross-contamination happens when an otherwise allergen-free food is prepared in an environment with the allergen and thereby picks it up and is now contaminated and unsafe to eat. We know this to be especially true and to a higher threat level with allergies like nut, wheat, milk, and so on. So for those people who have especially very severe allergies um, to, like for instance, peanuts, If they were to get a cross-contaminated food that had been contaminated with peanuts that would be otherwise safe, like a ham sandwich, but if it was prepared on the same surface as a peanut butter sandwich and that person ate that, they could go into anaphylaxis, which is very serious. So much lower on the threat level is those of us who suffer from either celiac disease or gluten intolerance or any other kind of food intolerance for that matter. Um, but I know myself personally, I will have an autoimmune reaction, which I shared with you guys on the last episode. Now, even though I wouldn't necessarily go into anaphylaxis, I know that my reaction is serious and no amount of, of yummy food is worth feeling ill. And so once I decided that I had to figure out how to keep myself safe from these cross-contaminated foods. And how do you even know the difference between a food that is safe and a food that has been cross-contaminated? So take a moment, if you haven't already, and go to your pantry or reach for your nearest package of food. Um, So if you have like a bag of chips or something, that'll be perfect. On the back of the packaging, right after the ingredients, it may say, contains wheat, nuts, etc. Or may contain wheat, nuts, etc. 
So when it says that it contains something, obviously we know that that allergen is present in that food and that we should not eat it. When the ingredients say that they may contain something, it usually means that this food itself doesn't have gluten-containing ingredients, but that it was prepared with equipment and on surfaces that may have had contact with gluten. This is a big problem, and it means that you'd be taking a huge chance with these foods, and really, honestly, it's not worth the risk. These foods that may contain something are indeed cross-contaminated. So how can you protect yourself? I'm going to give you some tips and some things to look out for when you're trying to figure out how to discriminate your otherwise very good food from food that could make you sick just from cross-contamination. So first of all, and my best trick, especially if you're new to this journey, is to become familiarized with the certified gluten-free seal. So the seal is given by the Gluten-Free Certification Organization. Whew, that's a mouthful. They do all of the investigating and they do all of the work to make sure that all of these foods are meeting their standards, that they contain, they, they actually may contain a very little bit of gluten to, to obtain some of these certifications, but not to a level that would make anybody sick. And actually, I believe that, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that the gluten-free certification organization makes sure that it contains no gluten. I'm not 100% sure. You may want to go to their website and check that out if that makes you an easy. But in my experience, all of the food that I've eaten of theirs is perfectly safe. And it's a really great feeling to be able to walk through the store and see that seal and know that you can eat that and it's not going to hurt and it's not going to make you sick and you don't have to worry about the fact that your favorite potato chips aren't labeled. You can find some chips or some different kinds of Pringles or what have you that can still give you that fix, but also have the seal so you know that they're safe and that's the biggest thing. Now, the other thing you may want to look for is whenever you're in your regular aisles and you're not in your health food section and you're not looking at foods that specifically have that seal. Or if you're like me, I grew up in a really small town. So when I go to see my family, they don't have a gluten-free section in their stores. So I have to know how to shop at a regular store, a regular grocery store that doesn't have a gluten-free section and to find foods that are healthy and safe to eat. But at the same time, I don't want to be eating veggies all week. So here's how you deal with that. The two big things you want to look for on the back of your packages are that it contains, for instance, if you're looking for uh, like gluten for me is what I'm looking for. So if it contains gluten or wheat, that's a no-go. If it may contain gluten or wheat, sometimes they'll put the word may in front of it. That usually means it's cross-contaminated or that there's a chance that it could be cross-contaminated. And then some of them will even say that they were pre prepared on surfaces that may have interacted with or may contain gluten or whatever. Any of those things, those three things are huge red flags. Definitely veer away from those. I will say if you're looking for like regular snacks like potato chips and things like that, a lot of potato products nowadays, even the ones that you would find at any grocery store, people are getting better at labeling. So a couple things that I really recommend that you look for if you're just looking for some basic groceries, 
if I'm going to visit my family and I'm going to stay for a day or two, or if I'm just looking for a snack, um, the two big things I always make sure to get out of the regular aisles, one is a super guilty pleasure. I love just regular potato chips. And you can find quite a few different brands that actually label that you would find in any other grocery store. The other thing I love to get is Cheerios. Oh my gosh, I love Cheerios. I have such an addiction to Cheerios. It's a serious problem. But I will get, like, they have so many different flavors. Now you have to double check because they do have some flavors that aren't gluten-free. But they will say on the box, if they are, in their standard, their regular flavors are gluten-free. Um, the Honey Nut Cheerios, the last time I checked, which was two days ago, <laughs> they are gluten-free. I have some in my pantry right now. And they actually have these really yummy... They're like fruity, they, but they remind me a lot of Fruit Loops, but but not not really Fruit Loops. But yeah, they, they have that like fruity flavor, um, and they had those and they were gluten free, so that was fun um, because Fruit Loops are not gluten free. So it was really fun to kind of have that throwback experience and be able to have that. So anyway, definitely check those out if you're ever in a place where you're like ah they don't have a gluten free section. Those are super good. Now. In a different situation, if you're looking to avoid cross-contamination in a restaurant, it is important that you be aware of what could cause you to be glutened at that restaurant and steer clear of those things. So the biggest thing to keep an eye out for without getting into, I mean, there's a lot of little specifics that we've talked about, like, um, like for instance, like, okay, how do I put this? Whenever you go to Chipotle, um, I love Chipotle, mostly because our Chipotle is amazing and the workers are so kind and so sweet and so quick to just help and not, you know, they don't fuss if I have to ask them to do some extra special things so that my food can be safe. They're amazing. So at Chipotle, when I go, I will get the rice and the beans and the meat from their regular containers. But once we cross that threshold over to the other side, um, I will ask them to get anything else I want from below because some of it is grabbed, especially like cheese and lettuce, which is grabbed with the hands. People sprinkle it over their burritos and then oftentimes they'll touch the burrito and that's cross-contaminated. It may sound silly, but that's, that's how it happens. So um, I'll just ask them to go into their like back stock of lettuce or sour cream or whatever that's down below, even their guacamole. And, and I mean, our, our Chipotle people are just amazing and they're always quick to do it, but that's one way that I avoid gluten in that setting. But even if you're new to all of this, the biggest thing you've got to look out for is to watch the, anything that's going to be fried. That is the biggest way that people get contaminated. And I will tell you that that is probably the worst cross contamination because what's happening is that, and I know we've talked about this in another podcast, but people are actually taking fried and probably battered foods in a lot of cases. And they're putting them into this fry oil and then say they throw French fries in there. These fries are being submerged and absorbing oil that has gluten in it. I mean, the threat level there is pretty high and I have been pretty severely glutened by some fried things. So the two biggest things to look out for is basically anything that's fried, but mostly fries because people tend to think they're potatoes, they're safe. But that's not true um, if it's fried in an oil that is shared with gluteny things. 
The other thing that people often don't think about are chips at a Mexican restaurant. Now, I have my favorite Mexican restaurant in town, and I know that they fry their chips in a, in a designated fryer. Um, and so that's my Mexican restaurant. The servers know us there because it's the only one that we go to. Um, but I've been to Mexican restaurants before, and I've asked, do you fry your chips in a designated fryer? And they've told me no. So be sure to check. Anything that could be fried is your biggest threat. Um, but once you become more comfortable with that, consider, you know, moving on to some other things and really just trying to, you know, see where could somebody have cross-contaminated, you know, accidentally and how can you avoid that situation? And there are some times in restaurants where you can't avoid it. Um, and those situations stink. I've gone to restaurants before where I'm eating with my husband and, you know, I realize I can't eat anything on a men on the menu, but a salad with no dressing. And in those situations, I do my best to have a positive attitude, um, as, even though I'm really frustrated and I get my salad with no dressing and um, we don't come back. And that's, that's just how we deal with it um, as best as we can. So the last thing that I'm going to give you a little tip on, when I first went gluten-free, many people in my life wanted to make me gluten-free snacks and meals, but I had to get used to asking them questions to make sure it was gluten-free. That was so hard. It felt like I was being really rude to them. And I, you know, I didn't know how to ask them, you know, hey, did you, did you really wash your bowl out really well but after you made regular sugar cookies before you made these sugar cookies? Or, um, like, are you sure that the cereal that you used in this, like, treat was gluten-free cereal? Do you still have the box? Um... The biggest one is seasonings. And now it's funny because, you know, at first I felt guilty and I felt like I was being really rude. Before I went gluten-free, I would have never thought um, to impose on people this way. Um, but I, I learned that um, these people in my life um, were trying to love me through, through my glutening. They were trying to love me through this difficult phase in my life. And... They wanted to do that by preparing food for me, by, by taking a little bit of that burden off of me. So I had to learn that I had to gently educate them so that they could do what they really wanted to do, which was to love me by supporting me and caring for me and giving me food that was safe. So back to my earlier story, when I felt frustrated and lost with my communion issue, um, it was really hard at times to sit in communion and not have anything. You know, I didn't have a cracker or the juice. Sometimes I would sip my coffee as though it was the juice and it was not the same. Um, so, you know, it was really, it was really genuinely a very frustrating thing. And I asked my church's front desk if they had any options. And guess what? They did. My church is gracious enough to carry gluten-free communion crackers. Who knew? Who knew that was even a thing? But they carry them at the front desk, and every week I come by to pick it up. And before I get to the desk, the gentleman behind the desk sees me, and he smiles, and he opens the drawer and retrieves my communion and places it on the counter between us. 
and I smile as I take my communion and I go to service. Now, looking back, it seems ironic that I was concerned with having a safe communion. Now I see that it was just one more way that God was showing me the kindness and support that people in my life and people in my church were waiting to share and give with me if I would only help them learn how to do that and let them do that. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Hopper. For some of my favorite recipes and resources, head on over to all-for-the-good.com and subscribe for five essential gluten-free baking recipes, including a variation on my grandmommy's classic sugar cookie recipe. So, so yummy. You've got to check it out. Wishing you the best and to be blessed.